Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hi guys, welcome to Ready to Thrive, and this is our second holiday special. Uh, Last week was a practical look at how we can ask some good questions about how to plan and prepare for the holiday season, but I also thought it would be good just to touch on a few areas where as much as we do our best to plan, things can still go sideways much faster than normal because expectations are heightened And often family and friends are spending a lot of time together and maybe even staying in the same house together. And all of these things are breeding grounds for tension. And I know you know what I'm talking about because I think every single family deals with moments of frustration and moments of tension. I honestly don't know a single person who has said, and no one was frustrated with another person or got annoyed or offended over the holidays. They just don't post it on Instagram. I hope they don't post it on Instagram. And I don't mean necessarily full on arguments or misunderstandings, though I know that can be the case for some of us, but there can also be just this low lying tension. The things we don't really talk about and sweep under the rug because it's just easier that way. And both of those types of conflict can rob us from experiencing deep peace and joy over the holidays. They can keep us disconnected from those we love most. So knowing that, how can we plan well to avoid conflict from arising and How can we deal with conflict when it does arise? Okay, so first off, let's plan well. This is similar to my thoughts in the last episode about planning for others' expectations. So think about everyone involved, but start from the inside out. And what I mean by that is start with your inner people first. Don't ask what your cousin's husband's best friend is hoping to do over the holidays Before you ask your spouse or your kids, get a clear picture from those closest to you and begin your plans with them. Then we begin to branch out. Will you be staying at someone's house over the holidays or having someone stay with you? Begin to have those conversations. What does Christmas Eve or Christmas morning look like? Does everyone involved have a clear picture or clear expectation regarding gifts, meal prep, and other special activities? Often we can just go on assumptions, but the holidays are a great time to be an over-communicator. Be extremely clear. And being clear doesn't mean being rude or pushing an agenda. Again, find out from those closest to you and those you are spending time with what they're hoping for. I want to use a recent family example, okay? We went to visit my family over Thanksgiving. This is Canadian Thanksgiving, so earlier in October. Um, So we went to go visit my family uh, on Vancouver Island with um, my whole family over Thanksgiving. And then my brother's family came up um, and they were also coming from out of town. 
So this was awesome. So we had our entire family together on my side, uh, but it meant we had nine grandkids and eight adults often being in the same space. So as everyone knows, the more people involved, the more chaos ensues. And to be honest, none of us really did a great job of pre-planning. So we planned the meal. That was all kind of taken care of, but we didn't really have a clear vision for the rest of the weekend plans. And again, this is no one's fault. This is just kind of what happens. So Saturday came along and we had this idea to go swimming. But when it came to actually organizing everyone between nap times and vehicles and lunch and all these other kind of things, um, it became way more chaotic than it need to be needed to be. So we have some cousins want to ride in a car with grandpa and they're getting upset. Other people are coming from various things and have they had lunch and um, everything was totally reasonable. It was just a lot to organize. And um, again, it wasn't awful and no one was fighting. But after that experience with so many people trying to communicate, I thought, you know, one person just needed to be in charge. You know, the classic like too many cooks in the kitchen scenario. And I was like, maybe in the future we need a spreadsheet. Um, Okay, so I may be joking. But I realized we just needed somebody to say, this is the plan. You're going to drive with so-and-so. This is happening at this time. Have lunch here. Uh, And everyone in my family is kind and accommodating. And sometimes no one wants to step into that role. So it's kind of like the, um, there's this verse in the Bible that says, when there's no vision, the people perish. And no one died. But uh, we kind of needed someone just to have the overall vision, someone to be in charge. And then we probably as a group would have experienced a little less miscommunication and a little less frustration. So I have that thought going into the Christmas holidays. So all that to say, communicate well on the front end and make really clear plans. So who's going where, at what time, what food is being served and when, and maybe even what ways can you help with that. Um, This is actually a great thing um, to think about as well in terms of, you know, who is going to help when we've gone away with um, students and um, leaders on various um, retreats. My husband works for Young Life. Um, He's done a really good job of making plans usually where he says, this group is on meal prep, this group is on cleanup. And And that makes it really easy to know not only when you are working, but even when you can rest. So sometimes you can feel like the same people hop into the same roles of cleaning up the kitchen or making food and things like that. And which is fine. They can be the most appropriate roles, but there can be something that happens a few days into where people can get a little bit resentful um, or some people can feel like they never get a chance to rest. And so I think it's good to actually say, hey, what are the ways, um, maybe this isn't my natural role, but is there a way I can contribute in a certain area that would actually allow this person to rest and even communicate that well? Um, So over-communicate and plan so you can just execute and enjoy. Another story, uh, we had a friend coming to stay with us this summer with her husband and their four kids. And before they came, I noticed I was starting to feel anxious, um, which was frustrating because I don't want to feel anxious. Um, and so I took some time to realize, okay, where is this anxiety coming from? And I realized the anxiety was mainly connected to what food are we going to eat and what activities are we going to do? So I just spent a little bit of time and decided on every meal 
And I did whatever prep I could do ahead of time to get um, all those meals ready to go and organized, figured out exactly what activities we're going to do. And again, not to be super tight to the schedule of any of those things, but because I had planned it, I'd bought the groceries ahead of time, I knew we were set up that when my friend and her family arrived, we could just enjoy each other. So we can enjoy each other and say, oh yeah, this meal is happening at this time. We'll get that food out. We'll head over to this activity. We didn't end up wasting a lot of time going like, what do you want to do? What should we eat? And and as a group, that can be um, it's really stressful. So we just kind of planned everything out uh, and we were able to really enjoy that time. But what happens when even though we've communicated well, we've planned well, uh, what happens when things don't go well or other people get upset or when you get upset? And first of all, I just want to say that is normal especially if you're living in community with others. And even if you really love each other and you actually also really like each other, a little bit of conflict, a little bit of miscommunication, it's all normal. So the main key here is to learn how to deal with conflict and tension well. And what can happen is we, um, things happen and we just kind of avoid dealing with it. And we, we think avoiding it is the best way to solve our conflict. But what can happen is it can start to grow. So either we relay um, what is happening. So let's say I'm frustrated with some extended family members. If I start to relay that to my husband, um, I talked about this in the episode of offense. I can actually grow offense in my heart towards them. And so my the conflict would actually grow my... Um, I would have distance from them instead of just um, approaching them or, or saying, hey, this is um, the conflict. And I don't, I don't always have to have what um, is often referred to as a crucial conversation. So I don't always have to talk about the thing. Not everything has to be talked about. Um, sometimes I just need to step back and have a little space and say, okay, maybe, maybe this is what's um, needed here to kind of resolve this. Like maybe there is... Um, Maybe I just maybe I just need to go for a walk um, and clear my head a little bit to get a, a better understanding of the big picture. Uh, but maybe there has been some sort of miscommunication or something. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, actual um, crucial conversations a little bit later on. But I, I still want to talk a little bit more about how we can help ourselves avoid conflict in the first place. And so... I want to talk about um, a few different things. One is what is your mindset going into the holiday time? And sometimes what can happen, and this happens to me, um, we can allow a negative experience from the past to shape how we're going into a time, right? We, We can start to think or anticipate how something will go. And when we do that, it definitely affects how it actually does go in real life. So I've done this. I have, I've dreaded an experience and then I've gone into it with a terrible attitude that I have to endure this experience. And even when things have gone better than I could have hoped for or planned, my negative attitude has kept me stuck. And I wasn't even really able to enjoy the time because I was so determined in my mind it was going to be terrible, right? And this can be various, um, this doesn't just have to be the holidays, this can be um, you know, heading into something with work 
or um, in your own family on a weekend, right? There can be certain things you assume are going to be terrible and then they are terrible, right? And so we can kind of get stuck there. So, um, so you really need to think about what is my mindset going into this time, right? And sometimes what we have to do is actually um, be able to wipe the slate clean. And again, if you haven't listened to um, the episodes on offense and forgiveness, I think that would be really helpful because when we can go into a time um, really feeling like we are, we don't hold something against somebody or um, we're not expecting the worst of them, I think that can really help things. Um, secondly, it's also not helpful to go into this time trying to change somebody, um, trying to change their opinions. And that can happen um, always when we're with uh, friends and family members. We can have different views on whatever it might be from politics or religion to how we eat or sleep or spend our downtime. Um, and we can somehow we can kind of make it our mission that and we, we wouldn't necessarily say this, like, I'm going into this time trying to change someone's opinion. But if we feel that someone else is wrong in their opinion, um, we can have this kind of underlying agenda that if something comes up, we're like ready to almost attack people with our views. Well, this is how it should be done or this is. And so when we go into that, trying to change someone, that is, that's again, really just asking for conflict or tension. And so... Um, I remember um, a good friend of mine would always leave her family situations, extended family situations, being incredibly frustrated with one individual. And so sometimes in those family times, uh, she would make a point of it to sit down and talk with this person and, and basically similarly try to change their mind. And sometimes maybe it did work, but um, really it didn't ever seem to progress. And so I was sitting with this friend a little while ago. And she told me she had a new strategy as she went into her family time. And um, I thought this is such a good strategy. And so she said, instead, what I'm going to do is I am actually going to love this person. And it wasn't like this was rocket science revolutionary, but I thought, wow, what would it look like if instead of me trying to change someone's opinion, point of view, whatever it might be of any subject it could be, what if instead I tried to actually love them? Like, think about this for a second. Think about, and maybe somebody has come to mind that you um, butt heads with. What would it look like? And yes, they could be totally wrong and half crazy and whatever, but what would it look like to actually love them, right? How do they give love? How do they receive love? Is it a, is it a gift thing? Are they a gift person? Are they a words of affirmation person? And maybe all they ever hear from you is critical words. Are they a quality time person? Uh, what would it look like to spend time with them doing something they enjoy? What would it actually look like to love them? And so when we can actually plan ahead going into a time, because I know once I get once I get wherever I'm going, when I'm in the holiday season, I have less brain space for thinking about what I actually want to do in the time, right? I can get kind of going with the flow, getting in the motion, but ahead of time when I can say, hey, this person in particular, this is how I'm going to actually show love to them. Um, that's a bit of a game changer. And if you read 1 Corinthians 13, you often hear this verse or this passage read at weddings and it talks about love. 
And it says, um, I'm just sort of paraphrasing, but it says, we can speak eloquently, but if we don't have love, we sound like a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. So think about this for a minute. Think about how every time you open your mouth to convince the other person of what you want to say, and it's not coming from a place of genuine love, what they actually hear is a loud drum set, right? So you're sitting down at the dinner table and you open your mouth, but a loud clang of a drum gets hit in the background. It would be super distracting and the person would not hear a word you're saying. And that is actually what is happening when some of you are speaking to those you love. And I have done that. Um, You may love them and you may be right in your opinions, but if you're not speaking out of a place of love or um, with love, it won't be heard. And so I think we just have to, again, sometimes just step back and look at the bigger picture. Is it more important that I prove to this person that I am right or change who they are? Or is it more important that I simply love them? And what I have found often is that um, people respond more when they see us living out a place of love than they do um, from our words, right? You could speak till you're blue in the face and it won't do anything. But when you actually, your actions and your tone, that actually speaks much, much louder. So first off, what's your mindset going to be? going into this time? Are you dreading it? Secondly, are you going into this time trying to change someone? And thirdly, how are you planning to care for yourself and your soul during this time? And this is something I've not always done well. So I can go into the holidays planning for all the fun times. But if I don't plan for alone time, that silent time, time to be alone in nature, time to connect with God, I will feel depleted in my soul and I am much more likely to get in conflict with others. I'm just pouring from an empty place. And just like in every other season of my life, I have to plan for it. But the thing about the holidays is we're out of our regular routine. So even if we're good at planning what cares for our soul in regular everyday life, the holidays are a really easy time for this to just go by the wayside, right? And if you're going to stay with family for a few days um, or family's coming to stay with you, how can you plan for a bit of alone time? And often my alone time, my quiet time can go right out the window when I have guests over or when I'm at someone else's house. So I've tried to figure out how can I still do this? And the goal isn't to be rigid or difficult and it will likely look a little bit uh, different than it normally does. So you have to be okay with being creative. Now, for me, it might look like planning to go for a walk by myself or have a coffee at a coffee shop, maybe waking up a bit earlier than others. This is always tough during the holidays if you're staying up extra late. Uh, Maybe if people are staying with me and I'm running out to get groceries, I can plan an extra 15, 20 minutes um, for some coffee shop time. So one thing to keep in mind is depending the company we keep, especially if they're a very extroverted company, um, they could be really offended by us wanting to go out and be alone. So again, um, is there a conversation that needs to happen there? So you can gently explain that you are more um, able to function well in a group setting if you get replenished every day with some alone time. You don't have to say, being around you drives me crazy and it's stressful and overwhelming. 
I need some space from you, right? Don't, you don't have to say anything like that. But um, just this alone time really recharges me. And I think I'm going to go for a solo walk after breakfast, if that's okay. Or you can even ask um, if you're staying with somebody, is there a good time in the day that I could go do this activity that will really refresh me? So as much as you can, have those pre-conversations. But I want to get to the crucial conversations, right? Because again, as much as we plan and, you know, have those pre-conversations, things can still go sideways. So what are crucial conversations? Those are essentially the conversations that uh, you would rather avoid, right? They're the elephant in the room, the thing you should probably talk about and move to move forward, but you would rather avoid. And I think this happens with every single human being. So sometimes there's an obvious crucial conversation that needs to take place. Some incident has happened and it hasn't been discussed. And people are harboring resentment and unforgiveness and apologies and understanding need to take place. But sometimes there are underlying crucial conversations that the Holy Spirit will prompt you with. Sometimes there's this thing that's come to your heart and, (coughs) sorry, as much as you'd like to avoid it, you know it's the right thing to do. And I have had many crucial conversations Somewhere I've gone to someone with tears streaming down my face and I've simply apologized. I've owned my actions and my words. And other times I've gone to someone to delicately say that I have been hurt in a way that they might be unaware of. So very quickly, as I could do an entire podcast on crucial conversations, I want to share just a few tips. So first of all, even if you are in the right and you believe 100% that you've done nothing wrong, make sure you are talking with this, when you're talking with this person, there's no attacking language, okay? You don't want to say things like, you made me feel, or you did this. What that does is it puts the other person in the defensive, which really just stops the conversation. So in a crucial conversation, we are trying to actually get to a place of understanding and resolve, but if we attack the other person, Um, think about it when you have somebody attack you in conversation the whole time. And even if they're not using attacking language, the whole time you will be thinking of your defense. You'll be thinking of the thing that you want to say back to them rather than um, listening to them. So we want that other person to be able to listen to us. We want to make sure that we're not using any attacking language. So you may actually have to really think about this before you have the conversation. Um, It's not about winning. It's not making sure that they hear our point. Um, It's really just trying to be heard. And so try to use I statements. So things like, I felt a bit discouraged when. uh, I felt a bit sad when. Um, Also, if you have done even 0.5% of anything, apologize for that. And I've apologized when I've felt 100% in the right. But usually we play a role even if it's a small role. And if we're able to apologize, then we lower the person's defenses and they're more likely to receive what we have to say. So I've done this where I've gone up to somebody and I've just said, this is how I've started a crucial conversation. I'm I'm really sorry for how I responded um, when you were talking about this. I'm really sorry for whatever it might be. Um, And it has to be a genuine apology, right? Not that, and I talked about this... um, Oh, no, I didn't talk about this. This is here. Um, Don't say I'm sorry, but, and then kind of go on to say all the things. Like, 
I'm really sorry for how I responded. But you really got me upset when I really felt this. And so what what I heard somebody say recently is that when you apologize and then you add a but and whatever you say after it is kind of how you really feel, right? So you, you've apologized, but this is how I really feel. And so I just want you to cut out the but. Just have a sincere apology and leave it at that. So a sincere, I'm really sorry uh, that I've, I've made you upset in some way. And you might not even know what it is or you might not. Um, so what is the thing? And actually, I've found if I can start a crucial conversation sincerely with an apology, the other person's defenses come down and we're actually able to have a really good conversation um, instead of feeling like somebody has to win, somebody has to be heard. Because really, when, when we're trying to win a conversation, nobody wins. Everybody loses. Even if you win, you've lost, right? So coming to the other side of the crucial conversation, um, talking through something, the benefit of it is that we get to understand that person more. They get to understand us more. We will be closer. And so I said, I've had many crucial conversations. And the reason I have them, um, often feel I have them because I feel like if I don't have them, I can't, I can't handle that feeling of the elephant in the room. But I also know that they're not fun. Nobody wants to have these kind of conversations. But at the end of them, I'm so glad I had them. I'm always so glad I've had them. I have them with my husband a lot. I've had them with good friends a lot. Just getting to place of like, oh, there was a misunderstanding, but I love you. And I, I'm so glad we've talked through this so that we are much closer in the end. And so I hope this is helpful for you. Um, if you have had an incident Give yourself a little bit of space um, before going into a crucial conversation just to be able to cool off and think clearly. Um, but dynamics over the holidays are tricky. There are emotions and things that are low-lying that people are unaware of um, that can really flare up in the holidays. And so um, for many, many reasons, there can be tension, there can be frustration. And I hope that some of the things I've shared here can help you thrive with those people that you love the most over the holidays so i pray pray and hope that you'll have a great week Take care. thanks so much for listening today i really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message and if you have found it helpful would you mind just sharing it with a friend leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to po- podcasts podcasts keeping it super professional um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener, or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.